Welcome to another episode of Behind the Studs, your home improvement and remodeling podcast, where the two most entertaining guys discuss the do's and don'ts in home construction and in the remodeling industry. Remember that you can nail it, paint it, or just tune into the show. How about that? Uh, here are your hosts, Colin Shaw and Jimmy Driscoll. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Studs. And to my right, we have a fellow stud, Jimmy Driscoll. Fellow. Fellow. I am a stud. You are a stud. I am studly. That's exactly what I was just saying. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Studdingly. Try and pay you a compliment. Studdingly charming. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, it would have been nice for you to say, and, you know, there's the stud to my left. There's but, the stud to my left. Yeah, if it's all right. It's, you yes. know, I don't know if I have my, to lead you to the water. You my, know what I'm saying? Here's my two by four right here. <laughs> Keep your two by four to yourself. Here's your two by yeah. four. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So we've got a guest with us today. I know we do. All right. We have Nick Hefley. Nick Hefty. Yep, and he's with Aster Apiaries. Mm. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing great. Thank you. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for coming in, Nick. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know if this is a busy season for you or what a busy season is, but uh, tell everybody what it is that uh, you do. Uh, so I'm an urban beekeeper here in New York City. Uh, I run wow. an apiary farm or a bee farm with my wife, Ashley. Okay. And um, uh, we take care of hives all over the city. Uh, we produce some honey from those hives. And then we also work with other beekeepers and uh, source different honeys from uh, different regions and uh, include those all in our shop. Oh, wow. Very cool. So awesome. so there's like a difference in taste, I guess, from different areas. Is that is that how it works? It's, it's a whole spectrum. Uh, huh. Honey is uh, just as different as um, cheeses or wines. Yeah. yeah. Taste and season to season and so on. Huh. I didn't know that. My yeah. stepson has a farm up in uh, Plainfield. Yeah. And he got all these certain flowers that he got. Mm -hmm. And um, boy, his honey is awesome. Really? I'm not, I'm bragging, but it's like, wow, it's really, really huh. good. Yeah. Interesting. Very well. Yeah. So is that a, is that a popular thing uh, where you are? Is there a lot of other beekeepers as well? Uh, there's there's a decent sized community of beekeepers here in the city. Um, it's not uh, there's not a ton of us, but yep. um, it's more than you would think for for an urban center like New York. Yeah, 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 yeah man. Now I, I know properties doing it as like a profession for yeah. sure. But hobbyists, um, there's other guys who are you know they have uh, five or ten hives around and yeah. Now, how do you go about getting a place to 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 put a hive? I mean, I know property is very expensive there, so how do you how do you get that? It's got to be on a rooftop, right? Uh, you're you're exactly right. So, uh, square footage is at a premium, and mm -hmm. uh, there's not a whole lot extra space for beehives. So, we don't have a field where I can just go out and put a hundred hives. I've got to put four here or six over here or two yeah. in a backyard. Um, oh, but wow. yeah, most of the time we're putting them on the rooftops. Uh, and one of the cool things is actually uh, uh, we also put them in cemeteries. So uh, yeah. when you think of a cemetery, but in a in a place like New York City, cemeteries are some of uh, our really great green spaces around. So right, right, wow. yeah, wow. Well, when I lived in the city, well, <clears throat> right outside Queens, you got that huge cemetery, right? Oh, oh my yeah. God, it's just like yeah, yeah, it's like it never ends. It's endless. It's huge. That would be very That's, ironic on my gravesite to have a beehive. That's yeah, like allergic to and bees. Will? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> there's something a little. Yeah, there's, a, you, there's an interesting piece yeah. of trivia about Queens that there's actually more people buried in Queens than living in Queens. 
No, no, really? Yeah. Wow. Lots of of cemeteries. Oh, wow. How did you how did you work that out to like, hey, you know what? We could get beat. Why don't we put beehives in the cemetery? How did you get that to pass? What did you do? Just call the cemetery and say, hey, listen, and they'll let you Um, do it. I actually kind of walked into a situation that was already happening. So um, I, I took over uh the the beekeeper service at uh greenwood cemetery which mm-hmm. is a huge almost 500 acre cemetery in brooklyn um but dying uh, to get in there you know yeah yeah <laughs> please <laughs> but a bump. don't set them up like that Nick. i know yeah. been going all yeah. day like this. But, uh, <laughs> but no there was they they had been keeping hives for uh, two or three years before i got there and the current beekeeper was ready to uh, uh get his summer weekends back and uh, let someone else take over the job. So I took it over and I've been there for, uh, I think this is going to be the end of my fifth season there so far. Wow. That guy, he made a beeline for the vacation <laughs> spot. Oh Here we go. I, I, I'm on I, a roll now, baby. I apologize, Nick. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so explain the season to me. What is, what is the season? Uh, so here in New York city, uh, and actually in kind of the Northeast region, uh, our season generally starts in uh, March or April. We are installing new bees. We're getting uh, hives that have made it through the winter uh, ready to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we go into the early summer, which here in New York City, that's our big nectar flow. So uh, we're getting honey mainly from all the linden trees that are planted uh, in sidewalks and parks and uh, all over the place. But that's our big nectar flow. Um, in the late summer, we are uh, harvesting that honey. We're um, starting to get the bees ready for winter already. And then by the time we roll around to fall, uh, we're doing like fall festivals, um, selling obviously our, our crop or our harvest, mm-hmm. and um, uh, just continuing to, uh, to make sure the bees stay nice and healthy as we get to the winter. Uh, mm-hmm. And then once, it's, once they go into winter, um, there's not a whole lot that we have to do. So well, just what do like you, how, do you, how do you get how do you get them ready for winter? What do mm. you do? Uh, so the main thing we're doing is making sure that they have uh, plenty of food, plenty of stores for uh, going through the whole winter because there's no there's no flowers blooming. So um, right reason that they produce so much honey and so much surplus honey that we can actually take is because they just will will collect it until uh, the the bloom is over until there's no more forage. So um, they sock that all the way for the winter. Uh, we make sure they have plenty of food going into the winter. And then we also have to worry about things like pests and disease, uh, mm. making sure that they're not uh, getting sick or getting weak as we're getting close to uh, that winter time. Hmm. That's something. That is something. Um, so you actually harvest just one time a year. You get all your honey just one time a year. For for us, we have to yeah. uh, get it just once a year. But I, I also kind of mentioned this was for like um, beekeeping is always local. So beekeeping here is going to be a little bit different than it is out on Long Island. It's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit different than it is uh, up in Maine. And then it's going to be a lot different than it's going to be in like South Carolina or Texas. Or uh, as you move around to these different climates, uh, this, your season might kind of expand, might kind of contract. And uh, depending on how much forage there is meaning how many type different types of plants are blooming and and producing enough nectar mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, if you're in Florida, you might be able to harvest uh, three or four times during the year and never really have a winter season that the bees have to make it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, for us and, and people, anybody north of us, we're dealing with, uh, you know, a few months of winter time where the bees are actually kind of put away. They cluster up in the hive and uh, they've just got to make it to the next spring. Now, how do you uh, protect them during the winter period? I mean, is is there like a box that they're in or is there covers over them? How does that work? Yeah, so the, the all the hives stay in place. Um, yeah. Some bigger scale operations actually will truck their hives to a warmer climate for the winter. Wow, uh, okay. For us, the logistics of pulling, you know, all these different hives off of all of these different rooftops would be uh, too much. So mm. the hives stay in place. Uh, we generally will wrap them with... Um, uh, something like uh, the black roofing felt or mm-hmm. uh, even some insulation. And then uh, other than that, as long as we've done a good job keeping them healthy and keeping them fed, uh, it's really up to them to get through. They're going to cluster up and keep themselves warm, keep the queen nice and protected in the middle of that cluster, and uh, hopefully make it to the next season. Do you happen to know how warm it gets in a beehive during the winter? Uh, so it, it's actually really interesting. So if you've ever seen any of the, the documentaries about the Arctic, like the penguins, when they're out, they yeah, all it's like 60 together. degrees on the inside, right? Yeah, exactly. And everybody else on the outside is cold, but they're the insulation for the inside. Right. And they, and they keep so, moving. They, they exchange, right? They go. Exactly. Yeah. This is a totally the same mechanism that the bees use only instead hmm. of a big circle, they're a big ball. So uh, the bees on the outside, you know, even if it's zero degrees outside, uh, they're going to get down to like 45 degrees or so uh, in their in their body temperature. Uh, they start going comatose and actually can die from it uh, after about like 42 degrees. So they get right down mm. to the edge. Um, but the bees inside are going to be vibrating their flight muscles and producing heat. And uh, the queen right in the middle of the cluster She's going to stay at a toasty, like, 85, 90 degrees all winter long. It's wow. pretty cool, the heat that they produce. Uh, but just like penguins, they'll churn. So the bees that were on the outside will have a turn on the inside and vice versa. Huh. Wow. I just thought they went dormant for the winter. I did, too. I didn't, I didn't realize, realize they were so active. Oh, they, I thought, well, I thought bees know, migrated. Yeah. I thought bees uh, migrated. So the, the uh, honeybees themselves don't migrate. Once they... Uh, settle into a nest. They're there. Uh, with the 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 one exception is if they swarm, and that's something else we can talk about. But um, uh, when they set up shop, they're usually there. And uh, you might have heard stories of like, you know, a colony of bees living in a church steeple or an old house or something uh, mm-hmm. for for years, and they will just keep going as long as everything's uh, you know nice for them, looking good, and they got plenty of room to live. So. But the queen decides, hey, I'm I'm not crazy about this place anymore, and she wants to fly out, and she flies out. They follow her, right? That's beeline. That's how the beeline uh, thing so, came about. So they do, but she's actually, despite her name, she doesn't have any authority in the hive uh, to kind of make those decisions. It's a very uh, democratic process. Uh, the bees huh. kind of make these decisions as a collective, and once they are ready to leave, they'll actually put the queen on a diet and uh, get her a little bit leaner so that she's able to uh, fly under her own power. When she's full of eggs and she's laying, she she's too heavy to fly. Uh, but they'll actually they <laughs> put her on a diet, uh, get her ready to fly, and within about a week and a half or two weeks, um, the, they'll 
a swarm will be up and out of there for sure. Oh Get her on a peloton. Could you imagine that? Yeah, Mr. Speaker. <laughs> yeah, Congressman. Congressman, yeah. Mr. Boz would like to speak in the moment. I would, I would love to see our government run that Can democratically. That? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, awesome. It's a I vote that we move. Of, uh, of this natural democracy that just works. You know, wow. there's there's no. Uh, uh, the bees don't take things as personally as we do. So really, uh, really, really, because I'd like to be the bee. I'd like to be the bee who has to go uh, to tell the queen that she's too fat and she's got to lose some weight. So she can fly hey, fat ass, go, you know, go get you tell her. Hey, Louie, back me up on this. Yeah, right. You tell her she's fat. Just, yeah, just tell her she's big bone. Then you might get away with it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Back to the show. Back to the show. Come on. Back. <laughs> so how does it go? Go ahead. Yeah. That's well, awesome. So they 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 swarm. Uh, the kind of neat thing is that the half half the population will leave with the queen, and wherever the queen flies at that point, the the colony will follow because she's kind of the the scent marker. She's uh, her pheromones is what is what kind of holds them together. So uh, they'll follow her and they'll look for a new place to live. Meanwhile, uh, the other half of the colony will stay behind and they'll actually raise a new queen. Uh, and so this is a way that they can reproduce on a colony scale as opposed to individually. So can just any bee grow into a queen bee, or is, how does that work? Um, so any any female egg can has the potential to be a queen bee, um, mm -hmm. but it has to be fed a uh, specific diet. And uh, this is oh. actually where we get the term royal jelly. So okay. oh. an egg okay. and a larva, uh, as it develops, if it's only fed a diet of royal jelly, then it will... Uh, develop those those mutations or that more sophisticated uh, reproductive system. Whereas if it's not, uh, usually the eggs will go from a little bit of royal jelly at the beginning, and then as they develop into larvae, they'll switch over to uh, this other substance called bee bread, which is a mixture of pollen and nectar. Um, but they'll go to that, and uh, they won't have that uh, mutation triggered. So they will actually just uh, turn into a worker, and mm -hmm. uh, they will still have a all workers have uh, uh, ovaries, so they still have reproductive organs, um, but they just don't have them at the uh, the scale of the queen. And uh, generally, their whole reproductive system is put on hold as long as the queen's pheromone is in the hive. That is so something. she's the only one who can actually give birth. Is the queen? Uh, she's the only one that will lay that will be able to lay eggs. Yeah. While he's in there. If you take a queen out of there and, and they're not able to make a new queen, then you'll have some workers laying some eggs, but uh, uh, they can't they can't lay the volume or the the right type of egg that the queen can lay. So she's she's unique in that aspect. Um, but she at, at a certain point, she's just an egg laying machine for the colony. Uh, she 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 really doesn't make any decisions or, or have that kind of uh, ruler power that we associate with her name. Mm. That's that's wow. crazy. That is crazy. She gets prime rib and everyone else gets Cheetos <laughs> or chicken nuggets. Well, that's why she gets so fat. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You, right. Then you gotta go tell her. <laughs> that, how long have you been doing this, man? Uh, I've been doing this for a little over six years. Wow. Uh, it started out as a hobby uh, with a friend, and it was something that just kind of uh, I wanted to find a way to to do it more, but it's an expensive hobby when you start. So I needed the way to finance the hobby. 
Um, so I sold a little bit of honey at the beginning and uh, it just kind of grew from there. And uh, that was two hives at the beginning. And now I manage about uh, 60 hives around the city. Wow, do you, 60. Holy cow. Do you live in Manhattan or do you just rent in Manhattan? Do you, do you own a, an apartment in Manhattan or are you renting? Um, I actually own a house uh, in Queens. I'm, I'm just over the river. All right. In a okay. store. All right. So yeah. here's my question. Since you do that as a profession, can you write that off in your taxes? Because are you like basically like a farm because you're raising bees? Uh, so uh, I, I wish I could. It's not. Um, it's not uh, agricultural. It's yeah, not agricultural? it's not exactly yeah. agricultural. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm able to, to write things off. Um, uh, certain things we're able we're able to uh, work under cottage industry laws for. Um, uh, for a lot of the operations since we're producing our own honey. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's, we, we are able to use some of the uh, unique things about being an agricultural business, but as far as uh, any like write-offs on the, on the property or the land or anything, um, it's, uh, it's hard to do that. That's not right. I think no, you should not. be able to do that. No, I really it, do. Right. I, I agree too. To it's, 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 it's a form of farming. Yeah. So, it's a four, it is. Yep. And I mean, it's livestock if you want to look at it that way, too. Yep. So, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get working on that. See, All right. See, <laughs> yeah. if, he had, if he had a peanut farm, right? A he could write farm, that yeah. off. He'd get tax yep. right off. Yep. yep. But you got honey. So, yeah. peanuts and honey, right? Roasted, roasted peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Roasted right. honey peanuts. Mm, good. I think we yeah. got yeah. something yeah. going here. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're back to eating again. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we didn't solve the problem, but we're back no. to eating. So, that's good. No. Okay. How long do bees live? On an average, uh, the workers are uh, living anywhere from uh, I don't know eight weeks to uh, up to four or five months. Now they have to make it through oh, the winter, so they live longer than in the summertime. Yeah. They literally work themselves to death. Um, yeah, and then uh, you have the queen who can live for uh, uh, three or four years. Wow! Uh, and then the last one that we haven't ta really talked about is the drone. That's the, the male. drone. Yeah, and um, uh, that guy, uh, if he mates. That's the end of his life right there. But if oh, no. <laughs> he never mates, he, he lives for about 12 weeks. Wow. That's kind of wow. kind of parallel to <laughs> human life. You That's where the term one night stand comes from. Yeah, after he uh, impregnates his, his uh, other person. Then. There's a bunch of insects that do that, like <laughs> yeah. praying mantises. Like, and you know, his the life week. is over. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one and done. One and done. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> now, where do you get your bees from? Uh, it depends. Um, there are a few uh, larger distributors that mm -hmm. uh, we've worked with in the past. Um, this year in particular, uh, we actually worked with a beekeeper out of Ohio uh, because it's hard to breed bees here. and We don't have really the, the room to have right. a full operation yeah. uh, when we do have to replace losses um, we generally have to go somewhere. Uh, and so uh, when we're working with the distributors, um, their bees can come as far away from as uh, like California. Wow. Uh, they're, they're nice bees and, and everything, but they aren't exactly acclimated to our climate. So uh, this guy in Ohio that I worked with last year or for this past season, um, his bees at least go through a nice winter like ours do. So um, hopefully we're getting some better stock. Uh, there's beekeepers up upstate New York, out in western New York that uh, we've worked with as well to get bees in. But yeah, we're generally if we have to replace any hives, we're 
we're going elsewhere to find bees. Yeah, go right. <clears throat> go more north because they're tougher. California's California. It's like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. Yeah. A little laid back. Yeah, it's a little gnarly yeah. weather back there yeah. on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. So they live pretty much the same mm. amount of time all over the U.S. It's not just because there's colder winters here. Uh, generally, yeah, uh, do it. The, you know, up in up in Canada, they the, those bees will have to make it through you know a five month winter. Mm. Uh, as you go further south, they 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 live uh, they don't have to make it through such a long winter. So the some of the bees are probably not living as that long. Um, but uh, but yeah, during the summer, it's incredible. You can see uh, the the eldest bees because their wings are just uh, tattered and torn like a flag that's been up on a pole for too long Whoa. really okay wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and it's you know a matter of six eight weeks they're done wow do you have huh. to worry about disease <clears throat> uh we do um and really the the thing that is causing the most disease is actually a pest uh it's this mite called a varroa mite and right um, yeah they they actually will attach themselves to the bee and feed on uh the this organ in the bee called a fat body and huh. uh once they um, once they attach, they're also uh, transmitting certain viruses into the bees, which also further weaken the bees. And um, it's it's a whole uh, domino effect if you're not on top oh. of. But there's that. Well, you'll yeah. I'll say you had the killer hornet th- this year too, right? Well, we we do, but not we really don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, they found some nests out in uh, the northwest, <laughs> yeah. but um, uh, nothing. Nothing remotely close to here, and uh, if they do make their way across the country, it's not going to be for for a few years at least. So, okay, nothing nothing to worry about here. We we do get calls all the time from people who think they've found killer hornets or murder <laughs> hornets or, or wasps or whatever. Um, and it, it's generally, you know, here here in the Northeast, we have uh, a few decent sized hornets that are out mm. there, um, mm. but nothing that's like decimating all of our hives or anything like that. Right. Okay, that's good. It's good news. This can, I don't know if this is relatable. <clears throat> I'm going to ask it anyway. Of course you are. Because I've been stung by yellow jackets all summer, right? Yeah. So what are you saying? What are you, what are you... I, no, I, I, you know me with bees. Oh, I, you went, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, because they're allergic. Yeah, allergic. Um, though they two do not get along, and they just stay away from each other. If they bump into each other, they does the hornet try to attack the bee and kill the bee, or... Is it just like you do your thing and we do ours? Leave us alone. Uh, no, the the hornets and wasps are uh, carnivorous, and they do feed on other insects, including honeybees. Oh. Um, in fact, uh, if they do uh, catch a honeybee, all of the all the juicy bits are in that abdomen or that back part of the honeybee. Um, so uh, often during the late summer and fall times, uh, if I, I, I can sometimes find a bee walking along the ground who just doesn't have her abdomen. She's it's, it's mm. been like, literally bitten off by the wasps and, and taken. And of course she will eventually die. Um, bastards. Mm. But, uh, if you get enough of them in, in one hive, they can do some damage. Uh, but yeah. the bees, the bees have ways to fight back. So, um, it's not like, again, the, the wasps and hornets aren't coming through and just, uh, tearing up all of our hives. They, the hives can defend themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I noticed. I noticed at my house too, when I had hornets because I did have a mm. pile of hornets mm-hmm. in my house. I had no flies. 
I had no flies. They were because mm. they were eating the flies. They were grabbing them and, and getting them. Mm. And then after that, when I killed a hornet's nest, I had more flies. <laughs> but then I had dragonflies. Ah. And those guys decimate. Oh yeah. They just go out in the field. And they're they're just great picking to watch. them off. They're so much fun to watch. Oh my god! Yeah. It's like it's a it's an air show. Yeah, it is. Picking them off. Then I had no more flies again. Yeah. So that was good. All right. So question: What is this stuff that you use that keeps them nice and happy while you're around them? And they're not stinging you. Smoke. Smoke. Uh, my protective gear, like my suit and gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, all that stuff is good. Um, I'm, what is the smoke from? It's a smoker. Uh, they have a so, smoker. Yeah. yeah. The smoker, definitely. Yeah. The, uh, the, we, can, we can burn anything that burns cleanly. Um, okay. Anything like uh, uh, pine straw, cardboard, paper, hmm. uh, wood chips, burlap. Uh, anything that doesn't have plastic, it's not going to burn off uh, any toxic fumes. Gotcha. We can burn that in the smoker, and uh, the smoke does a few things. It um, uh, it generally will distract the bees, so we're trying to get their attention off of the beekeeper and and onto themselves. So it will distract mm-hmm. them from us. It uh, breaks up their communication. They communicate through pheromones. So if you have a lot of smoke in the area, they can't really uh, talk to each other. Um, and then lastly, it also triggers this instinct to, uh, to eat. So they'll go and gorge themselves on honey. And uh, just like any of us after a, a Thanksgiving dinner or a big meal, uh, it's time mm-hmm. to go take a nap. So the bees kind of get a little slower. Um, they're not really taking a nap or falling asleep, but they, they aren't as active as they are um, generally. Mm. I wonder what would happen if you like put a little pot in there and smoked them out. How they would act? You know, they would. Just, I'm not sure. Imagine that. Oh, they need a lot more honey. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. A lot more sex. Yeah. They'll right. Be, they'll be big and fat. <laughs> Where's that be going? It's going to get a pizza. Ah. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> All right. So we wanted to, you had mentioned this before uh, that we should talk about swarming. So what is swarming? Yeah. So yeah, swarming is a totally natural process of um, a colony uh, splitting in two, uh, reproducing mm. on a colony scale. Um, it's something that in in nature, that's how bees populate an entire forest. Uh, however, in a small or in a more densely packed city, mm. uh, it's generally kind of frowned upon to to have your bees swarm. Uh, it can mm. cause people who, who don't quite understand the bees to panic. Uh, and it just kind of, it doesn't look great. Yeah. Are you no. one, of, one of them? Yeah. Yeah. I would be one of those, you know, like that cartoon where they're running and that big swarm is <laughs> running behind you. That would be me. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know what the hell they're up to, but I'm out of here. Bees. Yeah. I love bees. <laughs> the, the irony of it, though, is that um, swarming is actually one of the more gentler times for the bees. Uh, they have no brood to protect. They have no food to protect. They have uh, no hive to protect. So oh, okay. uh, they're, they're really not out to, uh, they're not out for blood when they're swarming. They're, uh, okay. they're just trying to find a new home. Um, and a lot of times when you see them uh, here in the city, uh, it's, it's always a little bit of a news event. If there's a, a, a news truck close by, um, they'll usually go and, and film the bees, and then sometimes uh, a beekeeper will show up, whether it's from the NYPD uh, or if it's just a guy like me showing up. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, we'll go and collect them and uh, put them in a new hive and, and try to build them up to get through get through the season and, and the winter. 
How do you collect them? You, right. you looking for the queen? You trying to find the queen? It's it's always great to find the queen because the swarms, like I mentioned before, uh, they they like her pheromone. They want to stick with her pheromone, so they they will follow her wherever she goes. Uh, if we can find her, um, one of the more amazing things to watch you can you can put her in a small little cage and put her right in a, a hive box, and within about five ten minutes, the entire cluster of bees will just start marching right in. Mm. Uh, it's like from all this chaos, all this order comes in, and they just start marching right in in these lines and uh you got a box of bees wow wow very cool yeah otherwise <laughs> if we ha- we have to get bees out of the way quickly um we we use like a bee vac so it's a, it's just a mm. low pressure vacuum um and uh we'll get out there and, and just vacuum them right off the post or right off the tree wow Tyson. yeah right <laughs> wow yeah What's All your right. worst what, horror story? Tell us uh, any horror stories. Oh boy, um, just one, just one. Uh, yeah, I mean, a few years ago there was a there was a monster swarm that we were um, taking off of a, a fence post. It was literally, uh, it had landed there in the morning. It was right next to a bus stop, and for whatever reason, I mean, maybe not for whatever reason, but not too much stuff phases New Yorkers. Um, <laughs> But nobody really, nobody called the cops. Nobody did anything. They just kept walking by. Buses kept going by. People were waiting for the bus. Mm. Uh, Until finally someone that I knew, um, they were walking by and they saw it and uh, called me up that evening. And uh, so I went over and bees don't like to be messed with too much after dark. So uh, we were collecting them and uh, I didn't have all my gear. I I had a jacket. Um, I had everything, but I was in shorts. It was the middle of summer, uh, and I I wasn't able to go uh, grab any any jeans or anything. So uh, that night, I was pretty lit up all on my legs with uh, stings. I think I had 25 or 30. Oh, my God. Do they sting worse? Does a bee sting worse than a hornet, or is a hornet worse? A hornet sting worse? A yellow jacket worse than a bee sting? Uh, they're, They're pretty equal to me. Ow. I've, I've been stung a lot more uh, by bees, um, just a handful of times by uh, like a yellow jacket or anything like that. Um, but the bee stings, you know, it's it's not that stinger. It's that venom that goes in. And that's really what you feel down in your bones and your muscles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets you. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, no way. Oh, man. I got, oh, been, I, I, but we've talked about it on the show. I've been hit so many times. I, I, I like, carry my smoke gun with me. Yeah. <laughs> That thing oh would always be God. in my holster. Like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I got stung. Give me some smoke. Yeah. <laughs> the thing would be like a fog machine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so, okay. so what do you do? You you sell um, honey products and stuff. Uh, do you have like a store or is it online? How do you do that? Yeah, we um, we sell everything through our website at asterapiaries.com. Okay. Uh, we have um, our New York City honey, which is coming from all of our hives, uh, Queens, Brooklyn, um, uh, a little bit in, from Manhattan as well. Yeah, uh, we have that. Uh, and then we have a whole range of honey that um, like I'm, I was mentioning earlier, honey is is very different from place to place, from season mm-hmm. to season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can the, in North America, bees can produce over 300 different types of honey. Wow. Honey isn't just one thing. And that's something that before I got into bees, I had no concept about. 
Yeah, this is this is probably the part of the interview that blows my mind the most. That it's like different taste by regions and stuff. Yeah, because I'm thinking wines, just like he was mentioned before. That's just that I just had no idea, no idea. It's it's not even different region. It's like the same honey from the same time of year from the same place might be different year to year because of the weather, because of the climate, Um, and you might be able to get different types of honey throughout a summer, throughout a season, uh, based on what's blooming. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like clover honey or orange blossom honey, those you can find almost everywhere. But that's because mm-hmm. the that's what the bees were pollinating or foraging on when it was produced. And the beekeeper harvested that honey right after the pollination. So hmm. we we work with beekeepers who uh, go and pollinate blueberry fields, um, uh, alfalfa fields, um, buckwheat fields. And uh, you're able to get like these really unique totally different uh, honeys in, in color and flavor and aroma uh, mm-hmm. just based on what the bees are feeding on and uh, what time that they're harvesting all of this stuff. Huh. That's crazy. I, I just so, can't get over like... Yeah, so too. like 2015, 16 was a good year for Bordeaux. What was a good year for honey? Every year is oh, a good wow. year for honey. <laughs> Every year is was a there, great year for honey. Yeah. Uh, I was would have to actually... Uh, the, the interesting thing about last year... Everybody was locked in for the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. we had um, all this time, especially here in the city, where uh, so many uh, parks and green spaces were kind of left to uh, left to grow. There weren't yep. people trampling through all the all the fields in Central Park or Astoria Park here for us or yep. any of these bigger parks that have these lawns. There wasn't anybody there to do anything. Um, so the bees really took advantage of it. And uh, we had like double crops last year. Uh, wow. It was incredible the amount of honey that they were bringing back. Um, I almost didn't have enough equipment to keep putting boxes on top of the hives. Wow. It was wow. an incredible year. But, yeah. uh, you know, when they because they're, they're going to a specific plant, like uh, the linden trees here, for example, um, we don't, unless we have a total like drought or a total reason that they're just not producing any honey, um we're we're always harvesting something that's pretty good you know yeah um we don't we don't get like these uh we generally don't get these like off flavor crops or anything uh it's it's pretty standard it'll have it'll it'll vary a little bit year to year but yeah uh, yeah it's good it's usually the amount that's that's different well okay that's awesome well i i thoroughly enjoyed myself today I did too. I yep. mean, I think I have a motto for the honey. Oh no! On, on the label, <laughs> I think you just say I should New York City honey with an attitude. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. Bees with an attitude. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey it's my honey. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> These are the Joe Pesci bees right here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Nick, it was really nice to meet you. We really do appreciate you coming on and telling your story, um, teaching our our listeners a little bit about bees. Teaching us, yeah. yeah, and definitely teaching us. I mean, you know, our producer had booked this uh, a couple weeks out, and I remember seeing it on the schedule, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. It's just something so different that we just don't do or, or know enough about. So yeah. we appreciate your expertise yeah, very much and knowledge. So, so Absolutely. Thank you. thank you for having me. Absolutely. So visit uh, astroapiaries.com. Uh, and uh, we had Nick Heffley with us. And uh, go buy some honey. Buy some honey. Buy honey. some honey. Yeah, <laughs> it's man. Just, it's the holiday season. It's good stuff, And man. it's not stuck in a port somewhere. 
trying to get on, on land, right? It's, right. It's already here, right? Yeah. Yeah, here. ready to go. Yeah, right. shop small, shop local for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we just want to mention for next week, we have Dave Selinger. Uh, he's with Deep Sentinel. Uh, he basically takes uh, home security to the next level. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about it on the last show. You know, it's kind of one of those those systems that kind of learns and grows and, you know, kind of educates itself on activities that's in the neighborhood and stuff like that. Yeah. So and then we're also uh, he also wants to talk to everybody about how to keep your packages safe. Like when you get them from Amazon and they get put on your your deck yeah. and then people come by and yeah. steal them. So well, I guess this a couple guy of, right here, he's got bees. Right, put right. Bees just just your, throw a swarm at them and yeah. <laughs> watch them run down that. the road, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Zit, zit. yeah. <laughs> so everybody join us next week for that as well. Jimmy, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, I had a good time. Today Absolutely. Too. All right, my friend. I will see you next week. All right. All right, everybody. Thank see you very you. much for joining thank us. Thank you. See ya.